joining us for further analysis on what's playing itself out in that market scene is Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments. Wayne, a happy Friday to you. Thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure. All right, well, maybe we can take stock of uh, the day and even uh, the week. Another week of our resources counters just not holding up. Uh, let's just talk about uh, what's driven that. And uh, our retailers, I think, having a really, really good day today. Yes, look, on, on the mining shares, they've been falling for a long time now because we're in a commodity down cycle because of higher interest rates and higher inflation worldwide. So this is just a continuation of this slide. And maybe a, a good example is, is Anglo-American Platinum. You know, that's going towards possibly even 600. And it's down from 2,500. So this fall has been happening for a very, very long time. And they went up strongly last week on the back of what was perceived as positive Fed comments. Now, of course, we've had negative Fed comments and the market's getting getting smacked again. And the resource shares are getting hit more than the other ones. So that's quite simply a continuation of an existing trend that's been around for a very long time now. And the retailers are doing well. I mean, we look at Fushini's results, and even though the the earnings number doesn't look all that good. The market was expecting that. But the turnover growth was, in fact, very good. They had good turnover growth right along the board. So Trueworths is up. Uh, Fushini's up. Trueworths came out with results yesterday. And I was surprised the share price didn't go up because those were actually a good set of numbers. I mean, everything was office, their branch in the UK. Everything was to do with their turnover growth. But it was spectacular. I mean, they got... Ooh, I think 30, 40% turnover growth in RAND terms, which is really good. So the retailers are catching up. But just a general comment, our share market is very, very cheap at these levels. So when we get any good news on any company, the share price can go up quite strongly. I was asking about Richmond down 5.73%, of course, out with the set of numbers today. Uh, it looks like it was a disappointing one for markets. Let's talk about this because, uh, of course, Asia Pacific has done well here. And in my mind, that's without China. So there's still some potential uh, as China's story continues to emerge, Wayne. So not dissimilar to, to uh, TFG. Uh, Richmond had very good sales numbers. You know, certainly when you look at sales numbers, both in constant currency and at actual exchange rates, they, they look quite good. But unfortunately, the earnings are only slightly up and the market clearly was expecting a bigger jump in earnings. And even though the share is not expensive, you know, it's not nearly as highly rated as what it used to be. The market didn't like those numbers and it was done on that's done on the day on the back of those results. And speaking about uh, Foschini, you know, you've spoken a little bit about them, but keen to get your thoughts here. Uh, obviously, something happened between the top line and the bottom line, uh, Wayne. And I'm keen to get your thoughts on what you're reading from uh, that income statement coming out of the retailer. Well, look, the same as everyone else, you're suffering from cost pressures. It's load shedding. It's all the other costs added on that you can't pass on to the consumer. So just about every South African company that reports, other than Rhodes Food Group, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. is suffering margin pressure because of cost escalations and, you know, all the problems of doing business in South Africa, logistics, the fuel price, electricity, diesel, all of these things. 
let's talk about RFG because, of course, uh, you know, like you're saying, that's one that's a bit of an, an unexpected, I think, I'd say, from markets. I'm not it. seeing much of a movement uh, here on my screens, uh, Wayne, but I'm wondering, uh, you know, how markets are receiving this set of numbers. Well, look, Roads Food Group, it's in... It's a very difficult industry they're in, is that when their costs escalate, as they have over the last two years, because food inflation has been very high, they can't pass it on immediately because the consumers simply can't take it. But as their food inflation starts to fall, they keep their prices reasonably high to recoup some of that margin, to claw back some of the costs they had to absorb. And this is very normal for a food producer. So they're doing exactly that same thing now, is that they are able to not push prices up, but keep them stable as their costs start to fall. Because food inflation on a wholesale basis is already much lower than what it was a year or two ago. So they're just recouping costs. So it's actually quite normal in the cycle for a food producer to do this. We also saw our outsurance. Outsurance is up, I think, just over 5%. Uh, no, just over 2.5% away. They announced uh, a disposal this week. I'm wondering if there's anything to be made uh, of that for them and if this is why uh, investors are cheering uh, this counter on today. I don't think that's the primary reason. Ooh. If they're selling their part of their business to uh, Alexander Ford, but I think it's a very small part of their business. The insurance is doing extremely well. Their last set of results were really good. And I think it's just a continuation of the share price going up on the back of good results. And obviously a very well-managed, very well-niched uh, player in this market. I mean, when you drive to work in the morning, all you hear is people saying how happy they are with insurance <laughs> Because you either get a better quote or you get 500 red. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. And they, they're doing really, really well. And overall, Owen, I must then ask you about the hawkish comments that have come from Jerome Powell here. Uh, you know, markets, like I said, on FedWatch consistently here. Uh, this commentary a little bit, um, I think, confusing for some of us who thought that we were heading in one mm. direction. And now we seem to be hanging, uh, moving into another. Are market participants still trying to take stock of this? And will we see this have a ripple effect maybe into next week? Yeah, but next week could be positive. You know, you don't know. <laughs> I think there's two comments to make on this. First of all, the Federal Reserve Bank is never going to give any other message other than a hawkish, a hawkish message if inflation is above their target bands. They cannot do anything else. So you're always going to get some sort of hawkish comment. And the second question, the second point, maybe more importantly, whenever you're at a turning point, in a cycle, at some sort of inflection point, you get a lot of volatility. Now, interest rates may still go up, but we do know we are at the top, approaching the top of interest rates, and the next move is down. We don't know when, we don't know by how much or how quickly, but the next move is down. So we're at some sort of turning point, you know, going from, let's call it bad to good for share markets. But in that, in the process of that turning, uh, the market can be extremely volatile. I mean, we've seen it so many times. Market goes up 2 or 3% in a day. I mean, we saw the platinum shares going up 8 10% in a day on the back of data that came out that looked good. And then the next day or the next week, you get data or a comment that looks bad. The shares fall 7 or 8 or 10%. So what's happening now is quite normal for some sort of turning point. And 
maybe one more comment actually the federal reserve is driven by data exactly the same as everyone else in the market they can't tell the future so next week might be positive inflation data then everything changes and next week might be negative inflation data you know the jobs report all of these things are they data points and they will influence the market and the federal reserve in what they say and what they do so we all driven by data and right now we're waiting for a clear sign that inflation is heading back into the target range and if it does that the commentary will change by the fed and the market mood will change almost instantaneously now when i'm keen to get your stock pick but before that i'd like us to reflect on some counters that have found favor with your industry peers I like Supergroup. So, so it's an SA industrial stock. I think it's cheap. Um, it looks like a small cap, but it, this is a stock that has a presence in South Africa, very big in logistics here, dealerships as well. Um, in Australia, in dealerships there. Um, in, oh, sorry, in, in Australia, they're in, they're in fleet leasing and, and, and that sort of business, and in the UK as well. Very well run, um, grows earnings quite consistently, started paying a dividend, um, very solid management that's been there for some time. And if you look at the share price, even through all of this turmoil, that's one that has matched its earnings growth. And I think, like Grant says, sleep well at night stock. I've actually decided to go for Standard Bank and 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 one of the core reasons is it's also sleep at night. The banks are incredibly resilient and they have been through this incredibly tough environment. Standard banks, they've grown their ROE nicely over the last 10 years. They, they're managing costs well. Uh, their provisions are well managed. They're lending conservatively. And I think my view is that in the next year, we might start to see load shedding ease. We might start to see uh, the consumer pressure ease, the rate cycle ease. And yes, they'll lose a bit on their net interest margin, but they'll start recovering that through the provisions, through the bad the bad debts that won't, you know, they'll be able to unwind some of those provisions. Economic activity will increase. And of course, there's always this renewable tailwind. These banks have got massive um, opportunities in renewables for retail and for specifically the investment banks and the renewable project finance. And they've got pipelines that are huge. And I think banks give you a nice cheap entry point to get paid 7% dividend yield while you wait. Um, the, the price is not demanding. Uh, so that's my pick. It's, it's Standard Bank. So I'm going to go with Richmond. Um, again, the share price is down about 30, 31% from its recent high. Um, as I'm sure everyone knows, it's a great blue chip company. It's got an incre incredibly strong balance sheet. Um, when I looked at the valuation, um, it's trading on a price earnings ratio of 16 times. But when you strip out the cash, because they've got a bucket load of cash on the balance sheet, as you know, Johan Rupert tends to be very conservative in terms of how he manages the business. So when you take out the cash, the PE drops from about 16 times to between 13 and 14 times. And, you know, people are continuing to travel. In fact, more so, they're coming out of COVID with a bit of cabin fever. And travelers tend to buy luxury goods uh, the most of anyone in the world. So uh, Richmond, I think, is looking great at these levels. All right, Wayne, keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters, Supergroup, Standard Bank, as well as Richmond, which we've spoken about today. Uh, well, look, when you start, start with Richmond, I mean, uh, it does look cheap. I agree with all the comments made, and it has got a lot of cash on the balance sheet. The rating doesn't look expensive at all. But unfortunately, it may not be the bottom yet because we saw what it did today when results came out. You know, it's down 5 6% on that. But, but longer term, I do agree, it's trading well below its global peers. So it's actually a rating story on the market. It just might have a little bit of a difficult time now, but over, but, but over the longer term, 
it truly is a quality company. So despite the share being down today, I actually do agree that at, at this sort of price, especially after today's fall, it does represent value. And I must ask you, Wayne, which counter are you going with today? Look, I'm going to go for Anglovall Industries AVI. Okay. Very similar to Rhodes Food Group. They actually were able to put price increases through the market. You know, in the toughest times, people still buy their product. They love their snacks and their biscuits and their tea and all of these things. So <clears throat> even though their turnover growth wasn't that great, they've they actually got a margin increase. So their product range, their, their offering to consumers, they must be one of the strongest in the country because they're the only guys that could actually, in these tough times, push through prices and the consumer still pays those higher prices. So they cover their cost escalations. They don't have to wait to recoup it. They don't take margin pressure. It's also quite, it's probably the lowest rating I've seen on the share in many a long time. I mean, and it, it looks extremely good value. And Standard Bank is just cheap, like all the banks. Like, in fact, to be honest, all the South African shares are just cheap. Well, Wayne, it's always a pleasure uh, speaking to you. Thank you so much for wrapping uh, this week up for us. That was your Midday Markets Update with Wayne McCurry from F&B, Bath & Investments.